If you don't learn about new technology, will you be able to answer new questions in five years' time? In the past, businesses asked engineers to answer questions by throwing some code or programming at it. Now, and more prevalent in the future, businesses will ask engineers to answer their questions with data analytics and artificial intelligence instead. So by making plays today, I can position myself to be the first one to answer those questions, and that is partially why I'm getting into data science engineering and artificial intelligence, even as a control systems engineer. This is the Engineering IRL Podcast, a place for engineers in the real world. We try to break down engineering concepts and figure out how to apply them to real life. Let's become better problem solvers, better engineers. This is your host, Andrew Sario. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engineering IRL Podcast for engineeringinreallife.com. I am your host, Andrew Sario, and this is revision 44 of the podcast. So today's episode, I'm going to cover why I'm getting into data science engineering and artificial intelligence. Now, if you recapped to the last episode, I talked about the five trends, you know, impacting engineering industry today. And one of those areas was uh, artificial intelligence, but... The question might be, why does reviewing these trends make me think about my positioning for the future? And the truth is that when I when I was looking at that topic, like I've had a curiosity about it. You know, in this show that I've done a few bits and pieces on artificial intelligence, and there's a lot of stuff that piques my curiosity. Um, a lot of solutions now coming to my space, you know, looks at data analytics, AI, machine learning. And there's a lot in cybersecurity and monitoring and things like that. So there's a, there's definitely a lot of that coming my way. And understanding it alone is pretty interesting. But I'd say that uh, in terms of positioning for the future, the way I look at it is kind of like, so, you know, in the past, if you're looking for unique solutions or creative, innovative type things, it was like, who can program? Who can write an app? And being able to understand programming languages and reading code, for example, was a key skill, even if you weren't like the most amazing programmer. By understanding code and how it works and how those, uh, what types of solutions you can come up with, with it, like you, you could solve more problems, right? You could be more creative in the types of problems you could solve because you could just, you know, plug in a piece of code here to find an answer and then move on and then uh, it opens up so many things. Now, I can't imagine if I couldn't read code to to be able to come up with some of these solutions, like how difficult that would be. And so when I was looking at AI, okay, I understand the concepts and things, but I can't quickly go in and, you know, whip up a, an algorithm or something like that or, or run an AI program over a set of data to come up with answers. You know, there's some interesting questions that normally we just don't answer and, you know, you, you assume that there is no answer here and... It's just an unknown thing that you can't find out. But in reality, if, if, if I had some more understanding of how to uh, develop that, I would have access to a way of answering more questions. Now, before we get into it, just a quick word from our sponsors. The first is CloudMate Networks, the place where you go if you would like to purchase any Cisco Meraki. There is no better time to invest in cloud managed networking. And if you want to find more about it, just head to cloudmatenetworks.com.au and head to the contact page if you have a custom query or you would like a personalized quote. 
Have you ever taken the opportunity to improve your problem-solving skills? Now that 2021 has started, you may have a New Year's resolution goal to read a book. What better way than to pick up a copy of 10 plus 1 Steps to Problem-Solving and Engineer's Guide. It is the perfect gift to improve your problem-solving skills from an engineer's perspective, but also learn something from a career with all sorts of information, diagrams and things like that. It's a quick read. So make sure you head to Amazon and search up 10 plus one steps to problem solving. Now back to the show, right? A way of answering more questions because I can utilize um, the the skill set of, you know, analyzing data and things like that. So why does it make me think about positioning for my future? I think that even though directly I don't have like, there is no need to, to have this kind of skill set. I'm always looking at how do I position myself skills wise to, to match these, these things that could be of interest, right? It's been a good way to, to, to stand out as well. And it's, and it's definitely of interest. So the next question is, do you think it's relevant to your current role? And like I said, there's solutions coming in my space, but I'm not directly required to use any analytics or, you know, develop any uh, AI or machine learning programs to find us answers, right? That's not a key part of my role. But it can be relevant to the job because you can come up with optimizations or things to do better. Um, But what I will say is there's two ways to look at it. This type of skill set, you can use it for directly helping your role, meaning it can solve problems for you in your role. The other thing you can do is you can answer questions outside of your role, just slightly, right? But more like business questions or, uh, you know, you have all these customer feedbacks or you have all these faults. Can you come up with ways to analyze it to help you make other decisions using your traditional methods? Right now, you just have an additional input. And that's the way that you can utilize it and make it relevant for your role. I think that understanding data and how to use it will always be a desired skill set, especially in the future, because more and more you're finding people want data-driven answers, right? Data-driven solutions. Like I've explained before, especially when I was explaining, you know, the 10 plus one steps to problem solving and just problem solving in general is that solutions you'll find are easy, or at least there's plenty of them. And I always key in on asking the right questions, but let's say you have the right question can we pick out of the solutions the one that has some data that says this might be the better way to go? And so that's why I'm very interested in that skill set and developing that skill. So the next question is, okay, cool. So what am I going to do about it? Well, the key thing is to utilize and leverage uh, what's available to me. And the first thing is through my work. So what I've done already is I've kind of reached out and found out about what my company has to offer, who's already working in that space, are there projects upcoming that maybe I could jump on that that at least I could learn about, find out about, who's working on them, maybe I can reach out and talk to them and see what they're doing in that space. And essentially I'm making moves so that uh, it is known, right? This is even just how you have to put out there what you, what you want or what you think you want um, for things to happen is uh, people now think, oh, like if that role or a project along those lines comes up and and the question comes to upper management, oh, who should we put on this? Then my name's in the ring, right? So they might think of me at that point. And essentially that's already started. So uh, I'm on my way to try and at least do some work related to that, which is really cool. Um, but will I rely on work just to get that exposure? What if, what if my company had nothing to do with that? What if I couldn't find that? Well, 
you know, you don't have to rely on your workplace. You can do your side projects. Yeah. So what I've done is I've got a short course lined up um, that I just got on Udemy and on one of their, you know, flash sales or whatever. Um, and it's a short course. Uh, it's Pyth- using Python to do some data analytics programming, something like that. I'm not sure exactly the details, but it'll give me some exposure to that. Um, and Python's a nice programming language to pick up. And it seems to be the the go-to for a lot of this data analytics. So I'll definitely be doing that. And then I'll report back once I have that that skill um, and see if it helps. But, uh, you know, this is not like my first time researching it. And uh, I have some exposure and I've played with a lot of the, the free programs out there that, that teach you about it. But uh, until you, uh, you know, tackle a specific project or try to solve uh, or try to look for a specific answer, it's hard to get the real value of uh, building those type of solutions. So now what if I don't like it? So, okay, if I don't like it, worst case is like, hey, you went all this time and effort into this new area because you got excited because, you know, it's a, it's a trend. And then you go and do the work and you're like, this is boring. Like for me, the question there is like, what's the, what's the worst case? Let's assume worst case happens. I hate it. Like I absolutely hate it. Nothing like the outcome was I learned more. I don't look at it as a loss of like, oh, you wasted all this time. I look at it as, well, I've gained that knowledge. And if you remember at the beginning, I said one of my goals really was positioning and understanding that same way that, okay, I didn't become a software programmer or a software engineer, but I've developed lots of programs and I can understand code. And essentially it's, it's made me more fluent and come up with unique solutions. And I still rely on those skills here and there to help me do stuff, right? I built apps on the side and things like that. And also when, you know, you do deal with certain software programs, you can use it to help you troubleshoot because you understand where other software programmers might have made mistakes. Or you can get into the code and find out answers for yourself. Um, So being able to speak that language and not feel lost um, makes me feel like uh, like I can keep up, right? People that don't understand code just feel like they put it in a box. Anything to do with programming is just that thing I don't know. And I don't want that to be the case when it comes to AI. I actually think that, you know, the way you program an AI to find answers and and understanding that is going to be the same as before, where there was a question that couldn't be answered, you'd chuck a bunch of programming at it and to see if you could come up with an answer. Now I think that what will happen is questions will come up and you'll need someone that can actually throw the question at some at some analytics and at some AI to f- come up with the answers instead of that programming part, right? So I don't want to be left behind in that sense. So at least if I can understand it, I've already got a win. So to answer the question of what if I don't like it, I don't. that's the worst case. I have extra knowledge that I, uh, that I was curious about that will be helpful forever. But if I do like it, well, hey, I've positioned myself to be ready to grab it instead of wondering, you know, if, oh, if only I could get into that role and, and thinking about it, I actually know for a fact that I like it or don't like it. So it's really a win-win if you look at it that way. I'm just using extra time. There's no pressure because it's not like I picked up a job, I quit everything to, to, to pursue this. So it's a win-win. So even if I don't like it, it's all goods. So what's my general advice on this topic? What do I think about for, for you, for engineers? Should they jump on the AI train? I, I, I don't think so necessarily, right? I think the most important part is every once in a while for you to recap, what am I? what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I want to do? Can I be making early positioning moves that set me up to find that answer, right? To find out what I do like. 
Okay. There, there's no luck. No one's going to come to you and you'll be like, oh, I, that's the thing I want to do. And that's it. Like, and you found it and you go maybe. Okay. But some, you know, for the average person, it's not like that. So I think making plays to position yourself to get lucky is really what separates you. Yeah. That's what helps you find what you want to do because you actually are already there and you know for a fact you're making data-driven decisions. All right, I just wanted to leave it there. I think that was a bit of a fun episode, a short one, but it's literally on my brain right now after that that topic. I did have a recap and think about it. And it's it's always good when you have your yearly uh, like career reviews, you do it monthly or quarterly at least. And you just think about where it is that you're going and where it is you think you might want to be. And if you're not sure, I think you should make a play anyways. Make a move, look at the current trends and see, can I position myself to decide for sure for myself that I do or don't like something by making plays to put myself there to find out. So if you like the podcast, please share it, you know, subscribe to it and let people know. Uh, reach out on social media if you have any questions i will answer them in the next show like i said i'm going to try to do more consistent episodes and i think so far i've done well quick shout outs to uh, our sponsors also um, i'm looking for some more if you want to uh, sponsor the show reach out we have a few slots left currently it's just uh, cloudmate networks and also the book 10 plus one steps to problem solving um, an engineer's guide so with that being said see you in the next episode